Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk about church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology. I'm Adam Diamond. I'm a Marwan Mission Ministry intern. And I'm Matt Leahy. I'm a church planter from Mile One. And I'm Steve Dahl. I'm the Director of Education for Mile One Mission. Uh, my name is uh, David Drover, and I'm an intern at Mile One. Welcome back again, guys. Great to have you back after our uh, little break there. Thanks, Adam. Um, so I hope you, if you're listening, I hope you enjoyed our previous conversation about uh, what, uh, well, not what is, but uh, talking about the mission of the church. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to episode 14. Uh, so today we're going to continue that conversation and uh, just talk about, so let's start off. The mission of the church, we've said, is to go out and make disciples of all nations, teaching them, teaching them things I've commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, so how do we, as pastors, how does the church communicate its mission to its people? Exactly how do we go about that? What do you guys think? Well, that's a very big question. Um, I mean, if we say that, the, because first of all, when we said that the gospel, that the Great Commission is, or the mission of the church, is to actually teach people to do all that Christ commanded. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that we're going to have to do is communicate what Christ actually commanded. Um, but then there's also, you know, teaching doesn't necessarily have to mean spoken. It could be demonstrated as well. So we could demonstrate Oh, I see the gears turning. I'm going to say that it has to be both. Yeah, yeah. I'm not disagreeing. I'm yeah. just saying like it it's not only just spoken word. Yeah. It's it's demonstrating and yeah. Well, I mean, the reason I'm pushing back there is cuz uh I, I I grew up in a church where people would say, you know, well, you know, you can teach by saying it or by, or you can teach by doing it. We choose to teach by doing it, which meant they never taught by saying anything, which meant they never actually well, you know, taught um, because Just for the record, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean that's that's part of the problem too. I mean, we need to to actually communicate the mission of the church is to communicate the totality of Jesus Christ to a congregation at some level. So, I mean, uh, I mean, go back to our episodes on exegetical preaching, our views on what is the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, those are going to be important parts of it. But I mean, uh, I think the big issue is going to be, I think there are ways that we can do all that, but still ignore the mission of the church to make disciples. Yeah, if we just get involved in social justice alone, if our church, if all we do is mission trips overseas, but we ignore the mission field outside of our doors, to use some popular phrases, we're kind of missing the point yeah, uh, we are commanded, you know, to, to to do of all nations, but not all of us are commanded to. None of us are able to do that. I may have a better opportunity to, you know, speak the gospel into the life of my neighbor, of my family members, uh, of my friends, more than I have the opportunity in a couple week, one month missions trip overseas that costs thousands of dollars. Yeah, not to say that it's a, always a bad idea to spend thousands of dollars on an overseas mission trip. I think uh, I can remember one time when I was much younger, 
and I was, you know, young idealistic Christian dude. Mm. And I was part of a church plant in the downtown, actually. I just attended for a while uh, back when I was, you know, in my kind of denominational searching phase. And I can remember uh, the church having a meeting to try and determine what their local permutation of the mission of of the mission was going to be. And they came up finally with the idea that they would try to reach a community, I think it was uh, five kilometers down the road in another area, and they would bus the chil- they would try to reach the children there by busing the children mm. from there to their local church to help them out. But the funny part was that local church was actually on George Street, which is, you know, kind of the mecca of all of the uh, alcohol abuse and yep. possibly drug abuse. Uh, there's all, all sorts of homeless people around. There, uh, I mean, I, I actually stumbled over drunk people to get into prayer meetings from time to time. <laughs> so, I mean, but they're not going to deal with the people who are right there, literally on their doorstep, yep. but yep. bring people in. And I, I think the problem there is... Isn't merely isn't that you know like the people in the other place didn't need the gospel? It was if you're going to be communicating the that the mission of the church is to make disciples of all nations, that's going to include the nations right next to you too. And if it doesn't include the nations right next to you, well, you're not actually teaching that you're not actually communicating to your church that this is the mission of the local church to make disciples. Yeah, and I feel like too, just to add in to the conversation of how to essentially like teach the church what its mission is, um, I, I would say a large part of that is to actually create a culture of disciple-making um, in the church itself. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of, we, we talked about how there's an aspect of teaching um, that is verbal, but then also like actional. Well, is that a word, actional? It is now, I guess, but... Um, <laughs> You know, there, there's a method to, I think, where if you are if you create a disciple-making culture in your church, and that involves, I mean, basically the way we phrase it here is everybody should be discipling somebody else, but also being discipled. Um, so there's kind of that aspect of there's somebody pouring into you while you're also pouring in to others. And I think if you can really create that kind of culture, along with the, the verbal teaching, you know, saying things in the pulpit that affirm it and preach it and stuff like that, um, that that will really help your church to a understand what the mission is like, but then also to know what the mission is, um, you know, in, in, in a more real sense. Um, no, I think you're right. Cause I mean, again, we, we have to be even this podcast. Well, the earlier episode, we even said, no, the law, it's a yes and no kind of thing of being involved, you know, outside socially, uh, you know, stopping genocide or sex trade trafficking, which is horrible. Uh, but then there's also the disciple-making process in the church and seeing that blend. And people often, I find, separate the two. Is there one or the other? Yeah. And I think what we need to communicate is that it's not one or the other, but we don't have to do it all. Right. So, I mean, the issue isn't more, isn't that we don't do all of this stuff. The issue is more, are we actually discipling and being discipled in our congregation itself? And do we have that kind of culture? I mean, discipling would be, and unfortunately, this is going to kind of play against something that I think we in the West tend to like. We like big, flashy stuff. I mean, you know, 
we, we live right next to the Americans who do everything big and flashy, uh, you know, shock and awe all the time. And in fact, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, when it comes to discipling, is more, you know, trudging along and, mm-hmm. you know, actually just living the life. The vast majority of the conversions that are probably going to happen will be just one-on-one, not at the massive Billy Graham crusade where everybody comes forward, but more likely as one or two people evangelize one or two more people. And those one or two people evangelize one or two more people, and we all disciple Mm -hmm. one another into the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, And I think we have to remember that when it comes to discipling, it's a messy process. You know, it can be very easy for us to look at discipling as you know, simply just, you know, study this subject, write a test and, oh, you pass, so you're, you're good to go. And I, I, I'm thinking about when Jesus sent out, uh, the 72, you know, they, they went out, they performed exorcisms, they, you know, healed people and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they came back rejoicing. And then you see him sending them out again and they fail. Like they, they crash and burn and they, they can't do it. They thought they were, uh, supposed to do. And, and you see this element of Jesus teaching them, right? This, okay, guys, you know, there, there's a process to this. You're going to mature. You're going to grow in this. And so I just think we, you know, we got to keep that in mind when we're discipling people. It's it's not, you know, you don't become a believer and then, you know, the next day you're, it's like you're walking with the Lord 40 years and you have it all figured out. Like there's this element of, yeah. Well, that's the growth. thing, right? I mean, it's so easy for us to get caught up in be frustrated sometimes with discipleship. Like, why can't you get it? Like, I get it. Like, why can't you understand this the way I, I understand it? And then it's like, wait, I'm like, for example, I'm I'm 31. It's taken me 31 years. I haven't been a Christian all that time, but it's taken me 31 years to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Now I'm dealing with a Christian who's say one, two, five, ten years, and yeah. So maybe that's why they're not getting it because God's still working in them, and it took God. Well, not it took God, but, you know, he worked in me these 31 years to just get me to where I am now. And and to jump on that, too, something that I think is really key that about anybody who is discipling somebody else is that often we like to be the ones who try to be in charge of the discipleship, but we're not. We, well, I mean, we're just not, like you just said, like, God's been patient with us. It's God who's doing the the work in people's hearts and we're basically just there to point them to him but often we get frustrated or upset or whatever because you know james or jimmy or john whoever it is isn't doing everything the way i want them to um i i have a feeling you don't like j sounds and names and i uh, i feel offended <laughs> they were just that. the ones that came right right to my head <laughs> anyway though i i do actually want to add something to that too because like we we also assume that uh, discipleship is a one-way street as if, you know, it's just us pouring into somebody else. But in fact, the situation is going to be more akin to God pouring into both of us as mm-hmm. we consciously try to pour into someone else. But it will, I mean, there are times when I've tried to disciple somebody and they ended up teaching me stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Even with kids, like, so obviously I'm teaching Raylan, you shouldn't lie. Lying is bad. Um the other night, I can't remember what it was exactly I said to her, but I told like a little white lie and she was like, daddy, you're not supposed to lie. And I was just, I was basically just totally caught and I was like, yeah, no, you're, you're right. And I was like, she's like, lying is, is not, is not good. It's bad. We shouldn't do it. And I was like, 
okay i said dad daddy's sorry like i i shouldn't have i shouldn't have said that and like you know she she totally caught me off guard but she was right right and the totally cool thing is at that moment god was discipling both you mm-hmm. and raylin yep and since you've been using this now in this in this episode you're helping to disciple the rest of us and hopefully somewhat our listeners uh, I mean, I'm struck by the way that God does a thousand, thousand good things with any single event that mm. we see, and you know, we get to see maybe one or two of them, two of the good, good events. It's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like that parable. You know, we we're not in charge of discipleship. We can plant the seed, we can water it, we can fertilize it, but then we, the farmer goes and he goes to sleep. He wakes up and the crop is growing. Yeah, he didn't make it grow. He did the work around it, but God is the one growing the fruit. God is the one developing the person. Yeah. We just help add some water and help, you know, we we help point them in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess when we're thinking of how do we teach the church the mission, well, if the mission is to make disciples and we teach them how to disciple, and how do you do that? Well, you develop a culture where everybody is just pointing to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, that's going to include uh, preaching and teaching from pulpits. That's mm-hmm. going to include small group discipleship, but it's also going to include uh, having coffee with people and you know just yep. hanging out. And, you and that's know, Christian and non-Christian. Yep. Yep. And learning how to be hospitable with your home, and learning how to be gracious with people who, who PO you, and not be the kind of guy who you know uh, yells at people who, pull, who cut them off in traffic. Uh, it's all of it. Yeah, you just brought another thing. See, man, having kids is definitely like a whole discipleship thing in itself. Yeah. Like, there's times like <laughs> where he's like, "Daddy, why'd you say that?" or "Why are you beeping your horn?" I'm like, "Because the other person doesn't know how to drive." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "What do you mean?" And then I start to realize, okay, you know, she's watching everything. Yep. Right. And you know, if yeah, I mean, I'm not cursing anyone out, but I, I get frustrated, and she's like. Why? Why? And the same happens in the church. You know, we can we can act out in our sin. We're all still sinful, uh, but it's a great opportunity. Like like I can go to my daughter and say, you know, yeah, I shouldn't have lied, or you know, Daddy probably shouldn't have acted that way. We can do that same thing with Christians that are around us, whether older or younger. Say, I probably shouldn't have acted that way in sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you're also accenting another thing that's necessary in communicating the the mission of the church. Um, if the mission of the church is to make disciples of all nations, which are disciples of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and to teach them all that he has commanded us, including the necessity of our repentance and coming back, we need honesty. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to be open and honest about the fact that none of us are really all that great, and we point to the one who is, mm-hmm. um, and which is going to be difficult because, you know, I, I really like people thinking that I'm uh, upstanding and noble and all things good, but I'm not. Yeah, and I think that's too, like, I mean, even just thinking about that even more deeply, that is very countercultural to us here in the West. I think, Matt, you mentioned earlier that, or maybe it was Steve, I can't remember, but um, like the fact that discipleship is messy. And part of the reason is, is because, well, I mean, Real discipleship means being vulnerable, means being honest. It means being open about the ways that you fail, the ways that you're not perfect, your mistakes. And that, I mean, that's just life. It's everyday life. It's messy. But not merely 
have seeing our messiness, but also seeing the glory and cleanliness and beauty and yeah of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Again, making disciples of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, guys, this sounds all really, really important. Like, like you know, we need really need to focus on this as something the church. Obviously, if it's the mission, we should really be doing. So, in a COVID nineteen world, you know, where things have moved online, uh, where we're, some people are just starting to go back to church, some aren't going to church back yet. To back yet, people are questioning, you know, what is church going to look like? Yeah, you know, all this stuff. What does the physical church have to offer in a COVID nineteen world? Just by clarification, by physical church, do you mean like the actual visible church body of believers? Yes, the the local church. Yeah, I mean, I think the easiest and simplest one. I mean, you mentioned the in the COVID nineteen. I think the biggest problem we're going to face in the near future is people imagining that we can do it alone. That you know, I've got a church service that I can watch online. I mean, here at Calvary, we're we're actually putting a fair bit of effort into making sure that while we have a live service, we're also doing an online service because we can't fit everybody who would normally want to go to church into the church building. Mm-hmm. So because of that, we're doing that. But there are probably going to be people who are going to imagine, well, I can just stay home and watch church. And, you know, I'll get the teaching and all that stuff. And that's not quite discipleship because, mm-hmm. you know, there's not the accountability, there's not the ability to be open and vulnerable and transparent with one another, or to point one another to Jesus Christ in the real situations that we really face. Yeah, I think a huge problem with, I mean, obviously this is not ideal, but we're forced into it, but I mean, a big thing, we, we've kind of talked around it, but a big part of discipleship is also community, you know, being a part of the church, being able to get together, to be together, to do those things that Steve was just saying, accountability, um, pointing each other to Christ. And it's not that you can't necessarily do those things online, but it's it's not the way it was meant to be. Um, you know, we're, we're told biblically that we, you know, should gather in these things. And I think the difficulty is that when you take out doing community, real gospel community discipleship is a lot harder when you're not together. So, making disciples to be on mission during a COVID world, it can be a lot more difficult because, well, you've got to deal with real life, yet you can't, it's hard to deal with real life because it's way more easy to hide yourself when you're not together um, and just hide behind a screen and hide behind the online service and not go to church, but just watch and get the teaching and kind of be individualized and not in that community. If, if I stay home and, you know, I'm not engaged with my local church, the, the, the body of believers, then I can hide, you know, the fact that I don't get up till 2, 2 p.m. every day or that, you know, I'm, I'm being very lazy. I can hide that, you know, how much I watch pornography. I can hide how I treat my wife. I can hide uh, a multiple how much I eat and, you know, I'm gluttonous, like all that. You no can hide how much you are a workaholic freak who desires only money uh, every other day of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, I mean, there's all, all numbers of things that you can hide more easily because you aren't in a community with other people. You have no one to hold yourself accountable. Right. Though, and I mean, we, that's not to say that local churches weren't full of that before COVID-19. No, no. 
Cobra just makes it a little easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was just going to say that, you know, in, in one sense, nothing has changed. You know, COVID is, I say this, you know, with trepidation, but COVID is just, it's a curveball, right? So discipleship can still happen. We can still come alongside our brothers. I mean, there was a time when the internet wasn't around, uh, 1995 or 92 or something like that. And so how did the church disciple people without the internet? right? Pick up a phone, go meet people. But now, yes, you know, that being said, we, we do live in a COVID world and we have to practice social distancing and, you know, best practices. But, you know, it, it, one of the things that really impressed me was just how quickly the church adapted to COVID back in March. We, we did go online and I'm not just talking about Calvary Baptist. I'm talking about a lot of churches I've seen across the world. Um, and so discipleship can still happen in a COVID world. It just looks a bit different. Yeah. And I think too, it's, it becomes more necessary for us to be intentional in the discipleship. I think that's key. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a little bit more energy to text or phone call someone when I haven't seen them for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Then, I know that's a little more personal than being at a service and saying, Oh, Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine, boy. Though that's, it's also a lot more valuable. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be important when, when I say that, you know, when somebody calls me, it's going to be a different situation than when, you know, I just, I did a drive-by hello at the church on Sunday, Sunday morning. I mean, hanging out with someone is different. Um, and, and I think the, 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 the church post-COVID, the physical church provides the, oper- well, if it's functional, if we are a church that is in fact just being discipled and discipling and following the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can be, uh, first of all, the safe place where people can go to be human, to be open, to be actually who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it can be the uh, place to take down, to deal with our own sin, whether that's the sin of desiring uh, control or the, desi- the sin of desiring laziness. We can deal with that in, and again, in a safe situation where people are not pointing to my holiness or the holiness of individual people in the church, but pointing to the holiness of Jesus Christ. So it's, and I just thought, so I'm going to push back on Matt here for a little bit. Like, you know, you, you mentioned discipleship before, before the internet. Yes, we had to use the internet now, but discipleship, you know, God produces the fruits and all that, but I would almost argue it was a little less effective because we couldn't meet because we couldn't actually be in each other's lives, you can call, but you know how much can you really invest in someone or just a phone call? There is a different aspect to actually meeting with people. And I think that's something that in a COVID-19 world that a church can still offer with that distancing and everything. Because, I mean, that, that really had an impact. I mean, I know you you yeah. struggled yourself with oh, totally. not being around people. Mm-hmm. I think, too, the other thing that's maybe a little... Um, specific about a COVID world and discipleship is again, it's kind of that contextual. If, if, if our mission is to make disciples and making disciples is essentially pointing people to Christ. And I think the situation of how we're living will impact like how we're pointing people to Christ. So I think, or what we're pointing them to about Christ. So for instance, Steve brought up like, I mean, I think all of us, 
since COVID are under the realization that we are not in control of, well, really anything, or at least not very much. Um, <laughs> but so when COVID, I mean, thinking back to maybe when it was a little bit more prevalent here, especially when we were in that restricted, isolated kind of mentality, the discipleship had to basically be guys look like we're not in control. We had to address that, but then say, we, we can't do this. We have to be open and honest and vulnerable about that. But then to say, but you know, there is one who is in control. It's that element of pointing to Christ and the point that God is sovereign, that he's got a plan, that he's working, um, that he's going to, you know, work all things to his glory, that he's got good intentions for us. And that, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what is happening, that we have hope as Christians because we know how the story finishes, um, which is Jesus wins and that we are victorious through him. So I think that's also just a little bit of like, we need in, in a COVID world, even still now, the discipleship in a sense, like Matt was saying, it, it doesn't change because we're still pointing people to Christ. Mm-hmm. But what we need to point them to is, well, we just need to keep doing that and doing that in a way that's contextual in a way that is, um, confronting the sin that we have because I think pretty much all of us here in the West deal with the struggle of wanting to control our lives, um, you know, wanting to have um, the ability to do what we want and those kinds of things. And yeah, I just think this is a time more than ever where we need to be pointing people to um, the sovereignty of God and all that good stuff. So the physical church, the physical local church, the local body of believers uh, still has a place in a COVID-19 world. We can't, we shouldn't just set up online churches and, uh, we should, we shouldn't just set up online churches and have people attend that and just, you know, keep in contact with them every now and then. I believe the local church still has something very valuable to offer in a COVID-19 world. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, this is part two of the mission of the church Hope you enjoyed it and catch us again next week. You have been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mile One Mission. If you'd like to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at www.mileonemission.ca.